0: Hey friends, Wes Huff here, Director of Central Canada at Apologetics Canada. Before we start the podcast, I just wanted to let you know about the upcoming AC Literary Expedition. As it turns out, the relationship between Christianity and science is a lot more complex than what we have come to believe in the post-Enlightenment West. On this expedition, you will find that the Dark Ages weren't so dark after all and that Christianity has made important contributions in the development of science. Join us on November 7th for our next AC Literary Expedition on the topic of science and Christianity, exploring how their story began. Understanding the past helps us to understand our present. Find out more at apologeticscanada.com slash A-C-L-E.
1: Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the AC Podcast. This is Andy Steiger, and I am here today with a very special guest, Jennifer. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Jennifer, are you a little bit nervous today?
0: I'm super nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very private person. I'm not a big talker. So, you know, I, I pray that I'll be able to talk about how Jesus has transformed my life and brought me out of the new age.
1: Yes, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I know yeah. that you're nervous, but you're also excited as yeah. we're going to get into your story today, a story of coming out of New Age spirituality. Yeah. Now, as we get into things, uh, I just want to begin by letting people know where you and I connected. I was speaking recently at a conference at Willingdon Church, it was an apologetics conference, and they're in the front row with a big smile and her notepad out and and, and 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 pen in hand is Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, uh, apologetics is is important to you. It's one of the things that you that you told me. Uh, why is apologetics so significant to you?
0: Yeah. So uh, Romans twelve two says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind." And up until that point, I had been um, very brainwashed by the New Age. And what apologetics did and why it drew me is that it, it helped me to renew my mind. And it, because I was so brainwashed, apologetics satisfied all these arguments, these intellectual arguments, all these low-hanging fruit arguments against Christianity that I'd heard my whole life. Um, and I needed to know that Jesus was real and that the Bible was real and that I could trust the Bible and apologetics helped me with all of
1: that. Well, it was it was so good getting to meet you there. I could tell that you really appreciated apologetics and that God is at work in your life. One of the things that I came to learn was that you recently came to Christ. Uh, if I understand correctly, September second was your one year anniversary of following Jesus.
0: That's right. Yep.
1: Now, your story is one of New Age spirituality, and it has very interesting twists and turns that as you and I talked at the conference, I th- I said, you know, Jennifer, it would be so good if we could share this story with our listeners, because I think that there are so many people that have maybe either gotten caught up in New Age thinking themselves, or they know or have a family uh, or friend that is caught up in that and I think it's important that they would understand it. And as we get into things further, that that perhaps you could even give them insight for your story's insight. But then even just sharing with them here, here's here's what to do when people are trapped in this kind of thinking. Now, before we get into your story and unpack New Age spirituality, I first just want to uh, make a couple comments. One is that Jennifer is uh, from the Vancouver area. Uh, and her story is a true story. However, we will not be using the actual names uh, of those people who are who are involved in in her story. And we just ask you just to just to pray for Jennifer as we get into her story, uh, and just pray for people who are trapped in this. This is this is something I think will surprise listeners: is how easy it is to get trapped into this kind of thinking, this new age. We get into your story, let's begin by just unpacking, what does that even mean? What is this idea of New Age spirituality?
0: So, interestingly, I didn't actually use the term New Age until <laughs> I left the New Age. So, I probably said it more in the last year.
1: What would you have said beforehand?
0: I would say I was spiritual. So, yeah. So, the basic idea of the New Age is that all is God. You are part of all. And since you are God, you can alter reality to fit your view of truth. And that's pretty much the basic premise of the new age. Um, There's a lot of practices, Um, reincarnation, channeling, Hindu mysticism, Buddhist beliefs, yoga, astral projection. Basically, everything that is warned against in uh, Deuteronomy 1810 is new age.
1: This is the part, though, about about your experience with the New Age that I find so interesting, is it's not like you went out looking for those things. I remember when you and I were talking, I had just assumed, oh, you must be one of those people that, for example, goes and gets, you know, tarot card readings or checks (laughs) their horoscope or, you know, those sorts of things. But but that, in fact, is not you. You're actually quite skeptical. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Let's let's just explain for for listeners how how your story begins and eventually leads into you uh, finding yourself into this new age spirituality.
0: Um. So my childhood, basically.
1: Yeah, let's start there. Let's start with your childhood, because really that's that's where the story begins.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm from the Maritimes. It's only relevant because of what happens when I moved to Vancouver with my family. So I was really, I was a very sensitive child, very quiet. Um, I was pretty overweight. So I was bullied a lot. So I kind of was always in this very internal, introspective world. Um, so I read a lot of books like Carlos Castaneda, Egyptian mythology, um the alchemist conversations with god all those kind of shaped me and pointed me towards the new age so it became as linear you know uh, of course new age is the next logical step yeah and in nova nova scotia um so yeah i had been bullied and then when i was 14 i was actually raped by a 22 year old and so it really it really affected me um And so I kind of felt like I couldn't, I didn't tell anyone and I didn't really talk about it until recently, um, maybe in the last five years. And then we moved to Vancouver as a family when I was 15. And then the same thing happened again when I was 15. And so this, it really, really kind of destroyed my self-esteem and and that led me into drugs. So I started doing drugs as a way to, I guess, numb my feelings. I had developed an eating disorder. I was really self-destructive. I had really low self-esteem, um, really low self-worth. Yeah, and then I, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped the eating disorder. Um, and then I went to a 12-step program.
1: Let's just pause there for a moment. It's so easy to forget is when we meet people, you know, day to day or we see things are going on in in people's lives, it's so easy for us to get for it's so easy for us to forget or not think about all the history that that person has. Yeah. Particularly when you think about somebody who has a drug addiction, and it's easy just to to not realize the sort of pain and trauma that that is often in their lives. Yeah. And and that you experienced and that ultimately begins to shape and and transform, you know, the 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 direction that your life starts to take. But here you come to this moment in your life where you're starting to to put the pieces back together, I think you would say as yeah. you're going into this 12 step program. And a lot of people have heard of AA and the and a lot of people know that the you know the 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 first steps are to realize that you can't help yourself that that you need help and that that it points to this higher power a very generic you know higher power and would you say that that was kind of the entrance into new age absolutely
0: yeah absolutely um so i believe it's the second step says uh we believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity um and so for me, it was such an abstract concept that, and I didn't know what a higher power grader than myself was. And a lot of people in the 12-step program rooms um, say it's the collective wisdom of the millions of people who came before us. Um, and, and I think, you know, looking back, I think one of the most dangerous things you can say when you're curious about a higher power is, okay, if you're out there, show me that you're real. I I think that's really dangerous. And, you know, and I did that because you're not, it doesn't lead you to Jesus. I mean, it could lead you to Jesus. I do think the 12 step program, um, if it does lead people to God, the God of the Bible, I do think it's good, and it does uh, help a lot of people from drug addiction.
1: I think this is something that a lot of people perhaps just take for granted. So I know a number of people who've gone through the twelve step program, but they did so in a Christian context, and it brought them to freedom in Jesus Christ. But in your case, if if it's not if that higher power isn't pointing you to Jesus, I mean, it's just going to point you to whatever higher power this. You know, is is kind of coming into this vacuum, if you will, or this need, and it, in fact, in your case, doesn't bring you into freedom. It brought you into bondage. Yeah, because I know that's one thing you've talked a lot with me about is is how it it trapped you. But share with people, how did you first get introduced to to New Age thinking as you're looking for this higher power, and then secondly, how did it how did it begin to trap you?
0: So yeah, like Andy said, I'm a skeptical person. <laughs> so when I met this um, this group of people that was, you know, looking back, it was very new age. There were things that were done. There were these spiritual readings that were done that were so accurate. Basically, it was seductive. And there was this, what would be considered an anointed leader who performs many signs and wonders. And I've witnessed this over and over. I don't know if you heard of Edgar Casey. He's uh, he's considered the sleeping prophet. So he there's a, all this documentation of all these medical readings he did. He would look at someone, say, This is what's wrong with you. This is what you need to do. And it, but he would get these messages from the spirit. And so that's what I was exposed to. And that's what convinced me because I I'm not just going to do something with no evidence. Like I need evidence, and I've had evidence. You know, I had evidence of the New Age. I would because I had an eating disorder, my intestines were pretty messed up, and so I got these readings of okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, and then it, you know, my intestines healed. So it's, for me, that was okay. This works. This is something that will help me.
1: I think this might surprise a lot of people that, you know, here you're looking for this higher power. You want to see what's, what's actually real. You, you know, you're, you're, you're not just uh, somebody that's going to be easily duped sort of idea. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those things, cause I know from our conversations, one of the things that you've really reminded me is that the spiritual world is, is alive and active oh, and yeah. it's easy and it's easy to forget that. And so here you're, you're looking for this higher power, and you're actually seeing things that are that are convincing you, going, wow, there's there's actually something here. And that kind of opens the door, I'm guessing, for you to start heading deeper into this.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I know a verse that, that you've quoted quite often to me is Second Corinthians chapter 11, where Satan is re- is referred to as an angel of light.
0: Yeah.
1: Or he masquerades as an angel of light.
0: Masquerades, Yeah that was the scripture that jumped out at me. And I remember part of the apologetics was, I remember thinking, how can something that happened 2000 years ago be relevant? And, you know, last year in September, I read, I was reading second Corinthians and I, it just jumped out at me and my jaw dropped. And I thought I need to stop what I'm doing. It was just this instant conviction, and then it answered my question of this book. That's why it's relevant because it, I, you know I was reading the Bible and it saved me. It convinced me despite <laughs> everything working <laughs> against me. To yeah,
1: let's talk a little bit more as we're going to continue to talk about how we you come to the Bible. I, I think first of all, it's important to understand that there's this spiritual battle that's taking place, and mm-hmm. and it's convincing you, it's drawing you you deeper into it. As, as as we think about this it's interesting how it, it interplays that a lot of people don't realize first of all that new age is very much spiritual but it's also very much a business so let's talk about both of those things because one thing you told me was that new age spirituality is actually very expensive
0: oh yeah how
1: does that how does that work what 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 is like how do they get money from you and and why is it so expensive and, and like what kind of money are we talking about
0: A lot of money, (laughs) a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, I have thousands and thousands of dollars over the years. Um, And I, you know, listening to other ex new agers who are now Christian, I know that is a, that's a common, that's a common uh, thing that it's, it's very expensive. Um, And it, for me, it was, you know, I would do these workshops and I do these, I get these healings and I'd get, um, and then it would just, it was never ending. You know, I would need to, you know, work on some inner child thing even more. And it was just, if I talked about, so yeah, the other thing was we weren't allowed to say certain words and we weren't allowed to have bad feelings. So if I was angry, I would have to change it. Sorry, my cat's coming.
1: <laughs> uh, to... Cat, cats are welcome on the AC podcast.
0: <laughs> um, I would have to, you know, change this feeling to something positive. And unfortunately, you know, what happened was when I, when I left, I had so much rage and I had just all these feelings that I'd never felt. Um, and we weren't allowed to say things like, so let me clarify, when I say we, I'm not saying we as in I'm still a part of it, because I'm not, it's, it's more like I just don't know what word to use. <laughs> so, okay. um, so things like need, think. And so when I say now, you know, about my husband, like I need you, or I need Jesus. It's very liberating, because it not only was I not allowed to have a need, it's you know, i re- it really pointed me to just my emptiness and that I do need a, I do need a savior,
1: so there's these words you can't use, and that begins to to really frame this this way of of really entrapping you. Now, there's these classes I'm guessing you need to take and you need to pay money for. So tell us about like these classes, but then also, you told me a story of your son breaking, I believe it was his leg. And oh, yeah. And, and how that money gets involved in even those sorts of things.
0: So, yeah, interestingly, I had, I think about a year and a half to two years before I left this group, I, my foundation started to crumble. And I started to notice that, you know, these things just became business opportunities instead of actual like is are you do you actually want to help me or you just want money and so I started to do things to test (laughs) so my son broke his leg and um it was on the growth the break was on the growth plate and I thought to myself I'm not going to tell anyone I'm not going to talk about it I'm just going to let him heal because up until that point some kind of medical emergency would be an opportunity for, okay, you need to give this amount of money. And it was always triple digits, like 555, 333, 777. So it became very expensive and it was never ending. It would be, you know, send this money and then next day, send this money so we can finish what we're doing. And I was just like, did I not just do this?
1: So explain that to me. So you would pay money and they would then help like would they say then that the that your like son broke his leg because that was somehow your fault or something or no or why, i or how does the money help heal his leg i guess is what i'm trying to get at
0: exactly <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so you're not even sure about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean looking back in a way it's embarrassing because i was so brainwashed like i was so brainwashed into thinking All these things, all these money, all this money I paid, all these opportunity, um, you know, preying on these unfortunate circumstances, were, did it even do anything?
1: So then you would say, so, okay, so your son breaks his leg and they say, okay, you need to pay $550 or whatever. And then, then by doing that, it means that your son's leg is going to heal properly. Is that how it works then? And if you don't, and if you don't pay, then, then he's going to have some sort of future injury or something.
0: Basically. Yeah. So, uh, and in the past I had always paid the money. I'd always said, okay, you know, it's in the growth plate. It could uh, affect how his legs grow. Uh, you know, one leg could be shorter than the other. And I just thought I'm not going to do anything uh, because I was already starting to, like I said, my foundation was cracking and I had met my, who's now my husband um, who's a Christian, and so I was always starting to think, you know, maybe there is something wrong with what I'm doing. And so I tested this, and he healed perfectly. There's no, like, there's no, and I didn't pay any money. And and for me, that was the evidence that, okay, maybe these interventions are not doing what I think they're doing.
1: Tell me about these these classes. What, Why would you need to take classes, and what would they supposedly do for you
0: so yeah I was actually training to be a teacher of these classes and honestly for the most part I have burned everything and tried to forget everything Mm -hmm. so it's not most of it was it was about healing ourselves like we are all part of all Mirroring was a huge thing. Law of attraction, forgiveness.
1: Um, Let's let's talk about. There's nothing wrong with forgiveness, (laughs) but
0: the (laughs) way I'm not saying I don't forgive anyone now that I'm Christian. But it's um, the way forgiveness was discussed. It was more like a tool.
1: Maybe if you explain how the mirroring and law and law of attraction, those are terms people are probably aren't familiar with, but is a major aspect of this. From what you've explained to me, kind of this self-help stuff that we're Mm -hmm. where you're in this endless cycle of trying to better yourself, I I guess, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the classes that I did were all about behavior patterns, trying to change behavior patterns, basically. The law of attraction, I I wrote it down. So our thoughts create a reality. We attract what we want into our reality if we align our desires with the result that we want. Our inner world is a reflection of our outer world, and the universe has a built in mechanism to obey our inner vibration. So, f- the universe sends us ex- that's a huge thing in the new age, saying the universe, um, not the creator of the universe. The universe sends us experiences that correspond to what is already going on inside of us. And I think the problem with the law of attraction is it's selfish um Matthew 6:33 says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The Bible does not say, you know, seek first Mr. right or the perfect job. Cuz that's what I was doing cuz I was always attracting abusive men.
1: Let me kind of put this into my own terms so I see if I understand. So it's kind of like it's kind of like you're a magnet and if there's bad in you, you're going to attract bad. And if there's good in you, you're going to attract good. Do I have it right? Or if you do bad, bad's going to, you're going to attract bad.
0: I think you're giving the law of attraction more credit than it actually has, because Mm. there isn't actually a moral compass. It's more like our thoughts create our reality. So, so what you want. So if I, you know, I spent years and years trying to attract a good boyfriend, husband, and i didn't i kept getting abusive men and i was told that it was because there, there was something inside of me that was broken or it was karma or because i deserved abusive men because i was abusive to someone um so that it was the outer world is a reflection of my inner world that's kind of the idea
1: and now does that relate then with mirroring
0: yeah they're they're related so mirroring was basically there's this saying, there's something about that man I don't like about myself. So if if I was angry with someone for being defensive, then I would le- need to look at myself because I'm defensive and say, okay, well, I'm angry. I'm actually angry at myself for being defensive, but I'm projecting it onto this person. Does that make sense? It's a bit of a like a head game, but... <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's exactly what's going through my mind. It seems to me that that this is a head game that becomes mm-hmm. uh, that becomes this trap that you get caught into, like this vicious circle, where 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 you're, I guess, where you're constantly second guessing yourself. And what did I do wrong in this situation? Or how do I manipulate the universe to my will? And this
0: exactly, yeah, yeah, the mirroring. Um- I mean, I honestly found the mirroring really annoying and kind of inconsistent because if something good happened to me, then it would be a reflection of something good inside of me. But then this, you know, and I was part of a community. It wasn't just that, you know, I wasn't working by myself. So sometimes if something good happened, then it was because I attracted it. But if something bad happened, it was one of two things. It was either something bad happened because it was something inside of me, or something bad happened to bring me down. So I was like, well, which one is it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was really confusing. And it was so inconsistent that I, I tried to make sense of it. It's confusing.
1: As we're talking here, I'm sure for many people, it's easy to think, oh, okay, new age, you know, thinking has these, you know, weird ideas or whatever, or it's kind of this self help thing. But one of the things that you uh, talk about that you've you've shared with me is the manipulation goes very deep. So on the one hand, there's this manipulation happening where it's like, oh, "Okay, you have bad stuff going in your life. You know, that's because you need to work on, you know, these laws of attraction or mirroring or or whatever it is, or you need to take another class because you gotta you gotta go deeper. You gotta, you know, you need you need more knowledge, sort of thing." But but there's also this dark side to it as well. That you talk about, where manipulation goes quite deep, where where even things like sex are used to manipulate people.
0: Yeah, I mean that is. Uh, I don't actually know if I want to talk about that. It. <laughs> it's I it's I still have a lot of trauma from that group I was in because I mean there was a lot of there was a lot of sex and there was a lot of. I ended up in a a romantic relationship with what would be considered the leader like shaman healer guru you know i was considered a very foundational member of this group and sex was used a lot there was sex with every pretty much all the female clients and i think that it it's a way it is a way of manipulating people controlling it's a way of controlling people
1: one thing that you had talked to me about was how it became very controlling in that it was what you called inconsistent love. What do you mean by that?
0: Um, So, yeah, I guess that was part of the brainwashing, because there was uh, one leader who, you know, allegedly had all these spiritual gifts, which would be, they were called, I mean, it's not the same as Christian spiritual gifts. So, you know, psychic powers, um, ability to channel, ability to heal, hands-on healing. But this man was very rude and very um, verbally abusive, but it was done in the name of, you know, I'm talking to your dark so I can get it out of you. And it was really, is really hard to deal with. And it broke me emotionally so many times, you know, like I'd have conversations with you know, this person and I would just be wrecked because of what was said to me. And um, it would take me days to recover (laughs) from this kind of, you know, the verbal attacks or the, and there was there was a lot of public shaming. There would be the groups uh, where we'd all talk about whatever. And so for example, one time something was happening with me and my husband, or he was not my husband yet. So I had talked to one member of the group about it, but I didn't talk to the leader. And this was discovered in this kind of open forum. And I was shamed that day. The next day I got a phone call about it. The next day after that, I got a phone call. And so I learned then, okay, this is not a safe place for me. Um, this is not a safe place for me to talk about my feelings. I'm just going to not talk to anyone. <laughs> um,
1: that, that is, yeah, incredibly controlling and i think i think at this point a lot of people are probably asking how how do you how do you get out of that you know what 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 begins to to happen in your life that you begin to leave this you know this trap that you've found yourself in that that goes so deep and and as we'll get into in a moment you start to realize how demonic it in fact is
0: yeah i was very trapped and you know interestingly, my husband he was not intimidated by any of these things. He kept saying to me, "You know this is false teaching and I was like, whatever you're you're a brainwashed Christian. <laughs> what do you know? Um, that's what I thought, but he he saw through all of it
1: now, your husband is a Christian Russian, so he's pretty he's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're both super stubborn. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, even the way he was with me, he was pretty high pressure about Jesus, which made me even more resistant mm. in some ways. I was like, You you can't tell me what to do. I'm a strong independent woman, you know. I have this this whole spiritual foundation and I can, you know, I can manifest things, I can get a job or whatever and i I actually thought Christians were brainwashed, um, but I was the one who was brainwashed
1: so you're so you meet you meet your now husband, who's a Christian, and so so you've kind of got you're being pulled in two different directions. on the one hand, he's not afraid of this new age you know thinking, and he's not being and he's not being controlled and manipulated by it. But at the same time, you don't necessarily want to go over to Christianity because you already feel trapped. You don't want to head into another trap.
0: Exactly. You know, interestingly, because of what he's like, my husband, he had this ability to love and to kind of take stock of something he did and apologize, and and I had never really seen that. I thought that kind of self-awareness was reserved for the new age, I had an ego about spirituality. I thought that I was part of this elite group that, you know, we had the spiritual life hacks and nobody else knew how to (laughs) do these things. So I saw him do these, he was so heartful and he was so, he's so deep. And and I thought, okay, you know, maybe there is something and he loves Jesus. And so I started to look into, you know, apologetics. Who is Jesus? Can I trust the Bible? And so all these, you know, all these, my foundation of my new age life was falling away and I was building a foundation with Jesus and, but it did lead me at first for about a year and a half to a counterfeit Jesus, like teachings of Richard Rohr, who basically teaches universal Christ,
1: Christ consciousness,
0: Christ consciousness, um, Jesus is an ascended master um you, like you look at pictures of roar being interviewed and he has a buddha he has a shiva statue so i mean and this is somebody i I became obsessed with his teachings
1: this part this part of your story just makes me so sad uh you, you know there because i mean here you are coming out of this the this trap that that you've been in for so long and and you're 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 being wooed by Jesus, but but here you're brought and and given a counterfeit Jesus. I, this is something at Apologetics Canada we've talked about. It's called progressive Christianity. In fact, they they will often label themselves uh, with that title, uh, progressive Christians. Uh, Richard Rohr being one of one of the leaders of this at Apologetics Canada, we did something called Literary Expedition. You can see it on our website where we go in depth into what does progressive Christianity teach. But it was interesting when you and I met, wasn't it? Because uh, in each of my sessions, I was talking about Jesus at this Apologetics conference, and I began by talking about progressive Christianity and saying, hey, look, like yeah. this is this is where people are taking this sort of thinking about Jesus, where it's going wrong. and And here's actually what the Bible says. Here's what 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 the truth is? So I'm sh- I'm sure that's one of the other things that was quite you know connecting with what your story was uh, or is. How how did you find your way out of progressive Christianity trap? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think I was at first I was drawn to progressive Christianity because it aligned with my worldview in the new age that you know we we're all part of all Christ consciousness
1: just put different terms i guess to what you had already been doing or thinking
0: yeah and so i didn't really have to Mm. it was convenient you know it was i didn't have to i could be going to this group and i could be going to a church a non-bible believing church and i didn't really have to examine myself deeply i just added something else if that makes sense um
1: You had a foot in both worlds. Yeah,
0: exactly. There are a lot of things about progressive Christianity that are the same as New Age. And I I mean, honestly, I spent the last year learning, trying to unbrainwash myself from everything I was doing, trying to see how all the ways New Age is trying to invade the church, trying to stay away from all of that. so it's been you know it's been a really deep dive
1: one of the things I love about your journey is uh you've told me you know that you you love reading the New Testament you love reading about Jesus you want to know Jesus more and more uh and and one of the things that you said to me that I, I thought was so interesting is you said andy i i I'm just I'm just focusing on Jesus and I I I can't even entertain certain aspects of Christianity. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in to part one of Finding Freedom from
0: New Age Spirituality, where we find Andy Steiger sitting down with Jennifer as they talk about New Age Spirituality. Make sure you tune in next week for part two as we continue the conversation. As always, love God, love people. Bye for now.